Testing, testing. This is Stefano Virgili from uh, Vox Podcast. I'm very happy today we have John Camara with us at the podcast together with uh, Diane Ha, both of them in Nairobi. Hi, guys. Hi. I met John in Malta in 2018 at the World Blockchain Summit, if I recall correctly, or World Blockchain Conferences. The name were pretty much the same. Uh, and we met randomly, really, at the business lounge of the airport in Malta. And uh, while we were sipping a drink together, we discussed about uh, financial inclusion back then and also how to help uh, um, people in emerging countries, especially the unbanked and underbanked, to get a fairer access to credit. Uh, at that point in time, you were working at a project uh, called Jamboree. Uh, at that time, I just started working at a project called Pocket Money. Uh, we have evolved ever since. Uh, a lot of time has passed by in our technology because time in technology passed very fast, right? Uh, and I kept reading about you on all over the news in Africa and beyond. Uh, John, introduce yourself uh, from what brought you to Ireland or what brought you to Africa, whichever come first. And um, tell us also about your current uh, uh, business, which is Afia Record. Yeah, thanks, Stefano. I mean, that meeting in uh, at the airport lounge was quite um, interesting, actually. You still owe me coffee because you're supposed to pay for the coffee. So. <laughs> Let's not forget that bit. <laughs> I'm going to collect. Um, but um, basically, I did, uh, I spent most of my um, grown up um, years in Ireland from when I was in my late teens. Um, uh, but before that, I grew up in Lagos, in Nigeria, and um, also having lived in uh, an English-speaking country, my goal was always to be able to explore the value of technology in life, just generally. Um, I was supposed to be a medical doctor, so I was going to go to med school. Um, I got into med school. I never went, you know, a number of different reasons for that. Um, um, then went to Ireland, I went to the US, um, um, then moved back to Europe. Uh, I was in college, I dropped out, so all that good stuff that you do. <laughs> uh, but Ireland um, was a place that's kind of like shaped my entrepreneurship ideas. Ireland? Yes. Uh, that's the last place I would expect this would happen. But go on, sorry. Yeah, so, you know, first started working in Ireland in Yahoo in the early 2000s. Uh, worked for Conduit, which is also a telecom company. Uh, then, obviously, a lot of the American companies started coming to Ireland slowly. Uh, then I worked for Google in the early days. Um, then, you know, off the back of that, um, I also started branching hard into tech. So I started learning myself how to code because I was very interested in coding. Um, just to understand from a business perspective why developers would tell me something and it would mean another thing. So I did that. Um, then I went to work for BMC Software, which is a software company in Europe. Um, then I went to the Caribbean. I worked with Digicel um in the telco space as well so and um always wanted to move around the world so i started working for a number of different other type of companies in 2010 then i worked in gaming as well for triple a sports and full tilt poker as well um, again on the strategy business and product side of things 
then in 2010, um, decided to venture into my first startup. And uh, we built a keyword business. Um, we mapped over five, 10 million keywords um, to build an ad tech business on top of YouTube. So that was um, an interesting time, but obviously we knew that we were gonna get in trouble with YouTube. So mm -hmm. but that was the whole idea to get into trouble actually. And so did. yeah, we did. And it was also successful and we sold the business because of oh, that troll. Okay. <laughs> so, wow. so the strategy was set from day one. Like this is what we want to do. And yeah. we know want to measure that uh, you know we get into some kind of media trouble. And once we do that, everybody will see what we've done. You know, so and that that sort of happened and then we had a buyout and we so that was my first startup. So being able to sell. You know, for me, it was like, wow, this is great. But obviously, before then, I've gone to start a food camp in Ireland. Uh, I've gone to the Enterprise Island Project on entrepreneurship, you know, those type of things. Uh, then continued with um, developing different types of ideas. Then in 2015, after taking a year off, just to see what to do next, I do you know, quite a lot. I started doing work in AI a little bit. Um, just to understand, you know, how you can use a lot of sequencing to create variables around insights of what you understand once you have data. So that's what really interested me in AI, first of all, is, you know, how do you, how does this work, you know, for you to be able to run, you know, variables of 5,000 different types of modules in seconds, whereas it take the human mind two, three years to be able to do that if you had all these developers and everything. So uh, then I moved back to Africa in 2015, 2016, because I had never really worked in Africa. Um, I lived when I was young. So it was always the last continent. I've lived and worked in every other continent in the world. So it was like the last place, it's my home, you know, uh, decided to move back. Everybody said I was crazy, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in Africa. <laughs> but that's precisely why I mean, there's so much opportunity for growth. Yeah, well, for most people <laughs> in you know the developed world. Yeah, they'd be like, why are you? Why are you going to Africa? <laughs> Don't you watch CNN? There's, there's no food. There's nothing. <laughs> so I moved back and uh, started looking at different sectors to work in: financial services, fintech. Um, it's a huge one, which is how we did, did met and. Um, I started participating in a lot of engagements around, you know, AI and blockchain and uh, obviously the speaking, I started doing a lot of talking around being an entrepreneur and coming from that perspective, how you actually use technology to really augment growth rather than just building technology. You know, I come from a business side of technology, how do you use that to really augment growth? Um, and um, then look at specific sectors, financial inclusion, fintech space, which we're still involved in. But um, I think that kind of moved me fast forward into 2019, where um, I think also it was for me it was a purpose in life. And that's a very important part of that. I think 2019 is a very important part of my life because I was fully active in the fintech space, which I still am, but something happened in 2019. Uh, my friend died, you know, very um, personal thing to me and i had another really bad situation as well and i went to figure out why did this person just my age 
you know, perfectly fine. What mm -hmm. happened? <clears throat> then they told me, oh, he was, he had a seizure in hospital, you know, before they knew it, he was in a coma and he died. So you dig, dig deeper and say, okay, what was the cause? And say, okay, well, anyway, we did find out that it was based on lack of data, lack of medical health data. If they had just had a simple piece of information about him, they wouldn't have given him the drugs they gave him and he wouldn't have gone into a coma and he wouldn't have died because there was no data when they brought him to the hospital. There was no place where they could find any data about him and those type of things. So I'm sorry to hear that. that. Really huh? I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, you know, yeah. That really affected me. That you are taking that and spinning it around and yeah. like, how can I avoid this from happening to other people? So that affected yeah. me a lot. It really got me thinking. Because at that time, I never thought about health. Because <laughs> you, were, you were in e-commerce, fintech, yeah. gaming, like, uh, I, one of my questions for you also was like, how did you, like, get into this? <laughs> so, I never thought about health, so, you know, I wasn't, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a health, but I'm a person that understands technology, mm -hmm. and I understand how to use it to instrument change. So, I dug, I dug around a little bit, and then I went, I was sick, because I traveled a lot, like Houston, I, I was always on the plane, every couple of days going from one country to the other, engagement, you know, fundraising, all these things. But I, so I get sick. I got sick. So I went to my hospital in one of the African countries. I'm not going to name the name. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I pay a lot of money for this hospital. Yeah. Like, my doctor has my details, all that kind of stuff. I'm used to it. So I get to the hospital and uh, the girl at the reception says to me, so, uh, and I was there about a month ago. And so she said, oh, can you fill this form? So, you know, and because of what happened to me, my friends, I freaked out a bit. Like, fill a form again. She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. But don't you have my record from the last time? She's like, okay, let me go get the file. I freaked out again the second time. So, so she then said, oh, we can't find your file. Just can you fill back what happened the last time you came here? Wow. So I looked at her. I said, I have to tell you what happened to me the last time. That was I mean, information in little places that was just and this is me i pay a lot of money for the healthcare service but i'm supposed to be considered the middle class elite so imagine 80 percent of the people who don't even have the money to go to health care yeah. services so that freaked me out on top of what happened so i decided okay okay i'm not a doctor i can't instrument change there I'm not a healthcare equipment manufacturer, so I can't really do much there either. Um, I'm not a policymaker, and I can't do much there. So where can I find a solution? And so don't be into data across multiple countries in Africa, and the, the results were shocking. You know, 30, 40% people dying because of lack of data. People were just, and I remember, then I remember my, and when I was young, they used to just tell us that, oh, this uncle just died. That made sense because the guy didn't just die. He was already sick. And because there was no data about him, nobody knew what was really happening. But, you know, they say Juju killed him or something. No, he was actually been sick for a long time. So we decided to, that's how Africa came into life. Okay, can we build a platform that allows for people to store their health records, own their health records, be the curator of their own health records, and be able to use it to access healthcare service anytime, anywhere? That's as simple as that. What a powerful story.
Yeah, it's a concept that I've heard uh, spinned in many different ways at the time of blockchain, where blockchain was the buzzword and everyone was talking.